And welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by... Sam Townsend from samtownsendmusic.bm Sam Townsend Music from samtownsendmusic.bm That to me sounds like a place that I love to go and hang out, a little bit surfing. It's the Bahamas of course. It isn't. Right, it is. In that case I'm, I'm in a little bit of trouble. Well, uh, think about it. Okay, I am. Is it one word or two? Or three, perhaps? If I said to you, employ some triangular thinking. Ah, I've got you. Lovely. Lovely. It is, of course, a lovely place that I like to go to disappear. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's Bermuda. It certainly is. Wonderful. Yes. Second guess. I haven't been there, uh, for obvious reasons. A lo- there's a, a song by Barry Manilow called um, The Sweet Bermuda Baby Triangle. Bermuda. Uh, and it, the chorus is, Bermuda Triangle, it'll make you disappear. Try to see it from my angle. Don't go too near, don't go too near. Now, we are doing a very, very exciting uh, time today. Sam has just got back from being on holiday. I have, yes. A week away in Newquay. Had a wonderful time. A lovely uh, week away in Newquay. It's Saturday the 19th. Time check. Time check. It is 20 past five on the 19th of March. So, and what's the date? It's the 19th. Got it. So we are doing an episode called Under the Bridge. Over the Years. Brilliant. Love it. Uh, great title. I invented that myself. Well done, Ben. Uh, well, I was heavily yeah, no, involved. No, no, you didn't. No, you weren't. No, I wasn't. What we're going to do is we're not going to look at the, the recorded version of Under the Bridge. That will, of course, come on our Blood Sugar Sex Magic episode. <laughs> oh, will it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, well, it will. will. It will. <laughs> Uh, what we're going to do is we are going to look at uh, uh, some videos on the Tube Reviews. Yes. Firstly, we're going to start off by the, the Funky Monks documentary. That's correct. Those little bits, uh, one of our favourite bits ever. And then we're going to look at live versions across the era. We're going to look at a Blood Sugar Sex era for Shanto performance. Check. A good one. We're going to look at a Blood Sugar Sex... Well, we're going to look at that Saturday Night Live performance, basically. We're going to have a look at uh, Dave Navarro performance, where he approximates under the bridge. Check. We are, there's not that much, Eric, if any, Eric Marshall playing it. So we're going to move past Eric's era. We're going to come in on the, uh, the Cali era, you know, Cali, uh, by the way, stadium era, John performance. We've, Check. we've picked the, uh, the iTunes performance, iTunes sessions. Apple sessions, if you will. Whatever they were called. <laughs> because that's a different approach. That's the acoustic version. Uh, they were sessions and they may or may not have been fruit-based. Exactly. And we are then going to look at a, a brilliant Josh era performance. Yeah. And check. we're going to talk about how the song's evolved. We've got some brilliant input from uh, bass ambassador Aidan Hampson for this episode, who has who very, very helpful, uh, given us some bass notes and also really helped me out with understanding Dave's approach to playing the chorus, especially on, uh, on Under the Bridge, live at Reading mm. in 1994. Under the Bridge. Downtown. Over, over the, the years. years. So that's... Hang on, are you officially inserting downtown into the title? Under the Bridge. Downtown. downtown over, over the, the years. years. Yes, I am. Uh, so we get, we'll give the, the K&A podcast a quick plug. That's Aiden's music-based podcast. Yes. Absolutely Go great check listen. it out. There is, if you search diligently enough, you'll find a bit where they do a Red Hot Chili Peppers quiz and I am the question master. <laughs> <laughs> so do check that out, K&A podcast. I will put links for that 
in the show notes. Really well worth a listen. Also, we're going to give uh, Ambassador Dan Boyd has a new podcast. Dan has been a staunch supporter of the podcast since the very beginning. He's done animations. He's done videos for us. Really, really good man. A very, very good man. He is into a lot of things that I'm into. Uh, popular culture. If you will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Do you think it's because the swan says it's a salad, a ballad, if you will? That, that's why we say that. It's, it's conceivable. Maybe. A little blurb for Pop Shock Podcast. The first episode of the Pop Shock Podcast is now live. You can check out the audio version below or the YouTube version on our YouTube channel. And again, links will be below in the show notes. If you enjoy the episode, we will be uploading more over the next few days. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We're also a brand new podcast trying to build an audience. So if you're into doing what we're doing, we'd be grateful if you could tell a friend. So do check it out. It's very pop culture based film across the gamut, across the gamut. We are now telling all of our friends, aren't we? Superheroes, absolutely. Well, we're going on it, hopefully, to talk about uh, Alien and Aliens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. A rich history. Now, we landed on that planet because of company orders. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we did. Well, we, we have a rich history um, with particularly Aliens, but with the whole franchise. Uh, well, absolutely, but particularly Aliens. Partic- well, particularly Aliens. Um, but Alien is a great film as well, which is why I'm willing yeah, oh, to... Yeah, oh, uh, undoubtedly so. Um, but having, that said, we also, um, you know, following Aliens, Alien 3 was released and we were into it. That was the first release that we were into. Yeah, it was yeah. into the franchise. We yeah. had a. We've spoken about this before. We had a pirate copy. Yeah, um, and then we, which went I to, borrowed from a girl at school who I didn't know. That's right. We just walked, found out her address, walked up to her house, knocked on the door, said, "I'm Ben Townsend. Can I borrow your Alien Three, please?" She gave it to you. We watched it. Gave me the copy of Alien Three. Right. We we saw what we we yes. It was very dark. <laughs> um, we we yeah. It was. It, it, I mean, it, it's, 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 a, it was, it's a dark film. It was and a, it's a terrible yeah. copy. Well, so that, you couldn't see anything. We, we couldn't have known that we were going to be watching one of the darkest films ever made hmm. in terms of onset lighting. <laughs> And it was an extremely bad copy. I mean, I think we turned the telly on. Yeah. Who knows? It was, it was, very quite it was a real eye well, opener when we were able to watch it properly. <laughs> it really was. Um, and then, of course, we went to the cinema to see... Maybe we should be saving this for... Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll save this for the, If you want to hear about that, yeah. listen to our episode. And that's true. The little that teaser on. there. Yeah. That was a little teaser very of the Townsend teaser. family history. The rich Townsend family history with yes. the alien franchise. Yes. It, it, more and all will be divulged. All will be revealed, my friend. Yes. Now, we just said that Aidan and Dan are ambassadors of this podcast. We run an ambassador program, of course. If you would like to be an ambassador, then just email in to bentownsendmusic at hotmail.com. Yes, well done. Thank you very much. And we will send you a ambassador pin badge. I'm not sure if it's a pin badge. An ambassador badge. Yeah, it's just a small badge. Anywhere in the world. It's not a pin badge. A pin badge is like a poppy badge. Yeah. Okay. We will send you a badge anywhere in the world. Anywhere. You can wear with pride. You might be in Guatemala. Don't the you forests know, of Guatemala. Yeah, which, you know, you probably are. Don't think, I won't write in because I don't want the lads to have to pay for postage. I'm too remote. We want to spend as much as possible on postage. So you... you we would even encourage you to move further away. Yeah. Go right... Move further away from where you live now, because that would probably bring you closer to us, actually. Well, yeah, in Once many you cases. Once a certain point. In many cases. So, uh, yeah. Write in, ask to be an ambassador, and we, we will add you to the swelling ranks. Yeah, we'll add you to the wall of fame. Absolutely. 
We'll have to construct the wall of fame first. We will co- first construct and then add yes. anyone who emails in from now to the wall of fame. All existing ambassadors, I'm sorry to say, <laughs> <laughs> have missed out on that particular Chess benefit. Board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so also what we should say is we are doing the draw for the coasters. Oh, we are. For love. Ro- it's the give it, give it, give it away now. Yeah. Or simply give it away the giveaway. Now. Yes, love roller coasters. Give love, it, give it away now. Love roller coasters. Yes, I've purchased a new hat. You have on I, holiday, ready for the draw. There were demands online that it it was drawn from a real hat, and I have said hat on head. Would you care next to the microphone to remove hat from head? So okay. if we can pick up some audio of this. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. It's off. It's, it's off. off. It, I've. I've it's presented really, it to you. It's a really nice cap, actually. Can I have Would you like to hold it? It's a flexi fit. It is. That's, I was drawn to it. I like flexi fits as a yeah. That's absolutely superb and so comfortable. But I'll get a beer wrapped generic blue cool one. Okay, and I will take my hat back off. Yeah. And insert all the recipients. Okay. So there's 465 bits of paper going into this hat. Uh, 400. How many did you say? 400. 465. 466. Oh, 466. I did a, I did a, I did a, I did a recount. Yeah. Put myself in. Yeah. Okay, put put me in the misses in. <laughs> You don't, you don't need to, I've already got set. Yeah, I don't need yeah. any more yeah. podcast coasters. I'll tell you, that coaster company is doing great guns. <laughs> they, didn't, they, they didn't see you coming, great right? Guns. Right, that's it. Okay, so in. you hold the hat. I'll hold the hat because I cut them up. So I don't want right. to get any, you know, the feel of the paper okay, to give, this it, is give it away now. The biggest moment on this podcast so far. Thus far. <laughs> okay, I have the in hand. <laughs> I have the winner in hand, and it gives me great pleasure to announce the winner of the Universally Speaking Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, Love Roller Coasters, Give It Away. It is Will Roney! It's William it's Will Roney. Roney! Wow! Congratulations to Will Roney! Ambassador Will Roney! And that just goes to show. Does it? It goes to show if you enter, you might win. There you go. That's so, genuine. Congratulations, Will. That was a genuine draw. I'm absolutely yeah, thrilled. Thrilled for Will. Uh, Will, you'll probably get contact from me before you hear this. Mm. So, no, no, no. It will be announced when this goes out, and from oh, there we will. Yes, Will, I will be in contact after you've heard this. That's all of the pre-prep that we had to do. Oh, I'm just over the moon with how that Love went. Love roller coasters. Can I have my hat back? Yes. Of course you may. Oh no! Don't tip all those bloody bits oh, of paper. Oh, I tried. It's 466 bits of paper. Yeah, I know. Just keep them. Right, you pop that in your thank you very much. Do you backwards or forwards? Oh, backwards because it's one of those flexi fits. Okay, you look like um, the guy out of Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst. Fred Durst, and I'm going to dress up in a skeleton costume and look like the guitarist who is called. Oh, I don't know the guitarist of Limp Biscuit. Hang on, give me a second. Slash? No, that's a different band. Nuno. It's not yeah. Peter Buck. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's not John Frusciante. That's it. Oh, this chair. This chair. Okay. What we're going to do is hit pause and then move into. I'm going to get a better chair and we will go into Under the Bridge, downtown. Over the years. Under the Bridge. Over the years. This is. One of the game-changing songs for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What we're not going to do is 
talk too much about the history of the song because that's all available out there. Most of you guys are going to know about that anyway. But having said that, Sam, can you read a bit of the Wikipedia page, please? Yes, I can. Under the Bridge is a song by American rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's the very basics of the matter. That's the, that's needs to know. Yes. The 11th track on their fifth studio album, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yes. The song was a commercial success and the band's highest charting single, peaking at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. I had assumed you were going to read faster. Uh, no, Ben. I'm, having, I'm a- adding a certain amount of gravitas to the situation. You're sucking every bit of juice out of this content. And certified platinum. Great. What single was it, for example, off the album? Was it the first? Was it the second? Was it the third? Was it the fourth? It was... The second. The second single. That, go, that shows the confidence they had with the song. Well, it does. So the first single, I'm thinking, was Give It Away. That's right. Which is a much more Chili's-sounding song. So you put something out that immediately is going it, to... It's hooky. I've said that in the past. I don't think you could... Well, I, I think you could have led with Under the Bridge, and I, and I think it would have been just as effective. That said, those people who heard "Give It Away," "Give It Away" was, you know, a huge, hugely successful. Absolutely, song for them. yeah. It, so, it was another game changer. I mean, this, the album was a game changer. "Give It Away" was a huge breakthrough. Under the bridge, they were involved in a certain type of game at this point, hmm. and they, these songs changed that game. That's right. That chessboard. Now, I'm going to talk about the Power Five here. Fine. I think Under the Bridge is one of the Chili's Power Five, and by that I mean. If you were to say to a man on the street, a lady on the street, Oi! Any, anybody on the street, Oi, you, name five chilli songs. Yeah, they'd say, hmm, do you mean the Power Five? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Please proceed. And that, I think in that Power Five, well, I know what the, I think my Power Five is. What's your Power Five? Oh, God. You're, not, you're, you're a man on the street. You're laying it on me right yeah, now. Hang on, power I'll go. Oi, do you know about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I certainly don't, but I'll, if you're asking me to name five <laughs> songs, I can give it a go. Please give it a go, mate. So, I would go for... Just, in no, no, no go, go five. Yeah, okay, fine. I will go five. Under the Bridge. Yes. One of the Power Five. Californication. Yes. I'd probably say Give It Away. Yes. I'm going to throw in Can't Stop. Yes. And for the number five... Oh, so, it's Scar Tissue. Yes, it is. It's Scar that's, Tissue. <laughs> that's my Power of Five as well. Is. That's of my Power Five. So, I think it, within that list... I think give it away would be a give it away and under the bridge would be most people's first go to songs. Well, the, yes, the good thing is the the way the band, the the way the formation of the band and the band's career spanned out or panned out, if you will, they were able with scar tissue to reemerge hmm. in a way which not all bands get to do. No, the, the great thing about what's happened with the band over the years is there's been constant rebirth, constant regeneration. They're yeah. the Doctor Who of. Of uh, popular popular music, I would go as far as to say. Would you? Mm. That's interesting. What episode is this? This is uh, what what episode of Doctor Who? No episode of the podcast seventy six. Under the bridge over the years seventy five, as you well know, because we agreed to do the draw on seventy five. Oh, seventy five. Okay, so this is episode seventy five, and that's the first time that you've come out with that revelation that you think the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the Doctor Who of the music industry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not often we get a new revelation on this podcast by episode seventy five. <laughs> no. Okay, so that's the basics. Talk a little bit about the, the history of the band. I'm going to read directly from a wonderful book that I know of called Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis, a.k.a. The Swan. 
AKA Tony Flo. Even though things were going well creatively, I began to feel like an outsider in the band because part of Flea and John's new bond was their mutual appreciation for pot. So here's the swan clean. Clean's a whistle. And John and Flea smoking a lot of gear. Mm. One day I showed up to rehearsal and Flea and John were blazing on pot and then let's ignore the swan state of mind. And I experienced this melancholy sense of loss, melancholy mechanics, that John was no longer in my world. I could tell away from it that he, tell from the way he was looking at me that we weren't really friends anymore, other than the fact that we were in a band together and respected each other on that level. Anyway, so he feels really lonely. And presumably feels as if sometimes he doesn't have a partner. Hmm. That's right. Sometimes he feels like, like his, his only friend. Yeah, exactly. Now, he questions Where himself is he? here. Is the city I live in the city of angels, he says. Lonely as he was. Hmm. Together he cries with someone, with the city. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he started freestyling some poetry in his car, putting the words for melody. So he wrote it as a poem. He did, yes. And it wasn't something that he intended to share with the band initially. Ricky Rubin turns up, goes through his notebooks, which, as the Swan says, was a real demonstration of how comfortable he felt around Rick Rubin, just to let him look through his own personal thoughts. Yeah. Suggested that they, he shows it to the rest of the band. Um, the Swan was touched because he liked the poem. He still had doubts that it was a song for us. A few days later, I was at rehearsal and some time to kill because Flea hadn't arrived yet. Why don't you show John and Chad that thing we saw up at your house the other night, Rick suggested. Um, no, Flea's not even here. But sat down. Hey, let's see that little gentle number you have in there. He sang it to me in probably three different keys from beginning to end, not knowing what they were going to do. But after it finished, they got up, walked out their instruments and started finding the bear. No, the beat and the guitar chords for it. Right, the bear. <laughs> the bear was there, the bear from the, uh, the, bear the front of the getaway. <laughs> God, <laughs> making an early appearance. So, next day, John came over to polish your song and it turns into what, that was the birth of, of that particular song, mm. that particular, if you will. Yes, and presumably that's not the way that they did at that time or have done since, written many songs. So for that reason, I think it stands out. Hmm. It stands out on the album. I mean, I mean, what are your memories of, of discovering the song? Well, I was... A younger man. A younger man, sure, and a man who could talk. Yes. Um, I was at school when I first heard Blood Sugar. And as we've spoken about before, the Chilies weren't the band that grabbed me. But Under the Bridge was such a distinctive opening line on the guitar. Mm. And such a powerful chorus and leading to such a powerful outro. That, uh, and speaking of that outro, it was done by uh, Frusciante's mum and her church group. That's right. Now, I just, now, they were at the house. I just thank God they didn't see some of the other shenanigans. And there was a lot that went on at that house. But yes, yes they were at the house and they were being directed by John. By John Frusciante himself. And you, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. But yeah, a, a huge outro to the song. And yeah. I didn't think, you know, we talk a lot about the, the Swan and his vocals, delivering his vocal style. And, and he talks, the Swan talks about it as well in Scar Tissue. I'm looking at um, a wonderful book, Red Hot Chili Peppers FAQ by Dan Bogosian, always recommended. Um, and he writes, Keith has struggled to sing it until engineer Brendan O'Brien joked with him and boosted his confidence. So nice little touch there that you've got someone on your side just supporting you and saying, look, this was very much the relationship I had with Gordy. Mm-hmm. Apart from I was a bit more confident than the swan was here because I would say to Gordy look I'm going to sing 
I'm going to sing this 10 times, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's going to sound shit nine times. But we'll find something. We'll capture the yeah. good one. And I'm going to try a harmony here. And it's going to sound rubbish. But I'm, it doesn't matter. We'll just delete that and, and go on. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a nice way of recording when you feel that you're supported. And yes. In order to, to have that confidence to try things. Well, indeed. And it was a, it was a, a change in uh, you know, approach and a, and a new sound from the swan. Certainly not far more exposed, mm. far more uh, personal. Yeah. Uh, to the average listener, so well, there's no wonder he, you know, he needed to be coaxed out of his shell. We have songs on Blood Sugar Sex, and we won't talk about the album too much. But you've got I Could Have Lied, you've got Under the Bridge, you've got Breaking the Girl, where mm. he is doing things that he that he's not done before. Mm. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And so, styles of songs that they haven't tried before. Yeah. So we'll we'll get to that. Maybe episode 100. Episode 100. Stick with us for another 25. Yeah, if you will, yeah. and, and presumably they will. I hope they will. For me, I discovered the Red Hot Chili Peppers through Blood Sugar Sex Magic as a whole album. And yes, I thoroughly enjoyed Under the Bridge. I also, as you've touched upon, thoroughly enjoyed I Could Have Lied. For me, mm-hmm. and I'm sure this was something that a lot of people felt, those two songs, Breaking the Girl to a certain extent, but particularly I Could Have Lied and Under the Bridge, were a real duo, both exceptional. But I discovered the album as a whole, so it wasn't the song that drew me into Blood Sugar. But it was a song that I came to obviously adore uh, and still do. My memory of, of going on holiday, driving across France in the family car yes, was that I could have lied was getting more airtime in the car. Well, we, we, had, we had the system, didn't we, where every family member would choose a song. Yes. So CDs flying everywhere. So Sir Psycho was obviously a popular choice. Sir Psycho. For length reasons. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, that went down well with the the family. (laughs) (laughs) But it did get played. I I always used to put on their red hut. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, it did get played. And yes, I think you're right. I think to this day, if I had to choose to listen to either I Could Have Lied or Under the Bridge, I would choose I Could Have Lied. Well, I've really screwed up on picking this episode then. You must must be gutted. I'm not gutted, no. What would it be called if it was I Could Have Lied? I Could Have Lied. But I didn't. Mm. Well, quite. <laughs> <laughs> Catch your episode name. Honesty. The Honesty Podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. But I'm happy to be honest on the podcast. Right, you often are. Yeah. Well, I am always. Yeah. yeah. 98% of the time. Under the Bridge really came into its own when we... Started playing it in the lukewarms. Yes, it was a song we'd love to do. I think, but it was a guitar line that you learn over the years. There's, there's some guitar lines which stand out on Blood Sugar Sex, and you're going to pick up and learn. Um, Under the Bridge is one of them. Uh, Funky Monks is one of them. Yeah. But we won't talk about that too much. But uh, Under the Bridge in the band was always great fun. It's a, it's a guitar line where, you very, as a guitarist, you're very exposed. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a... You know, I haven't got particularly big hands no so playing the intro is quite a stretch for me but you did it you did it for the I band did it. i got through it <laughs> Thank yeah. God. Yeah. and of course it's a song which is massively popular with non-red hot chili peppers fans yeah that's why it's in the power five so it's in the power five for that reason and it's also a song that when you play it in a, a tribute slash covers band yeah it's one of those ones. it's one of those ones people expect to hear yeah. which in itself adds a certain amount of pressure to, to try and do it justice. And I guess the same can be said for the band. 
You know, when they're performing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because they're, they're not foolproof. No, Christ. There's no guarantee that you're not going to... I mean, we're going to watch a version of it later where introductions are... There's bummed notes during that intro. Yeah. On at least two of the versions we're going to listen to. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know this of the band, but obviously they've played it a lot over the years. It's a song that they're expected to play every time they do perform, mm. which may lead to it becoming, you know... Well, it comes and goes for them. It did come out of the set on... Uh, possibly the getaway tour. And that's a brave time. move. Yeah, it is. But that gives you the opportunity to put in... Oh, it's difficult, because as a band, you're going to want to throw in a, an album track that you that you love, yeah. rather than a single. Yeah. But I, I would I have to say, if I was now... We're going to go and see the band twice. If they don't play Under the Bridge at least once, I will be... Surprised. Absolutely furious. Oh, and furious. Yeah. And surprised? No. More furious. Yeah, mainly fury. it'll be many fury, less shock. Crikey, well, I hope they do play it then for, in that, for that reason. Just for my I'll, sake. Well, I will be with you, and I don't want to be on the receiving end of uh, a whole load of Benny Fury. Then moving on to when I was playing on my own, and I obviously recorded the backing track to one of the bridge, so I played all the instruments. Yes. Broke it down. It's an amazing song for time changes. I recorded it uh, with Gordy, and we said, I've got the tab book for Blood Sugar Sex. <coughs> Which has the tempos. Yeah. And we looked at it and said, well, it's changing tempo like four or five times across the song. Let's, yeah, let's just try it with, the, with one tempo. Yeah, yeah. And, and it it's ridiculous. Work. It doesn't yeah. work at all. No. You have to drop those, those time changes. And when you listen to it, you don't necessarily notice no. at all. They're supple. Hmm. Well, <laughs> they are supple. Um, we... Then, then breaking it down to the drums to playing the bass. It's a wonderful bass line. We will talk um, about the bass line yes. a little bit later on. Aidan's got some uh, some thoughts about that. We're going to go to Jack Johnson for the drum notes when we break down Blood Sugar Sex so that we have the full the experience full. from Jack. Sure. It was a real interesting experience to break the song down and record it. And, of course, I left out the parts where I would be playing the... Uh, live, I'll be playing the intro and the rhythm guitar part all the way through, mm. and then obviously uh, left out the vocal line because I'll be singing that live. But I did do all of the backing, all of the under, under the bridges. Yeah. I didn't go for the choir approach. I went for the um, me singing it once, like Frusciante sings it. Yeah. Or, or or Josh. Yeah. Or Dave. <clears throat> well, you always did a good job <clears throat> on it. I'll say that. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, I have got a video of it, which I might link into the show notes if I remember. Please do. Almost guarantee you that I won't remember. But we'll, well, see. well, it's on the website, isn't it? Yes. So check out the website. Check out the website. It might be on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to go into. Unless you've got anything else you want to say about under the no, bridge. I'm sure th- we, we're going to we're going to talk about this. It certainly will. As uh, as and when. First thing we're going to go into is the Funky Monks documentary. We are looking at the version that's been uploaded by Stipemate, and if you're on that version, we're going to be looking from 48 minutes straight where you see john uh, orchestrating orchestrating the backing vocals and then we're going to go into it goes straight into one of our favorite clips of the swan talking about a it's salad, always a pleasure a ballad to, if to you watch. will it's a shame we can't watch the baron von munchausen bit as well well we could we can't right we can't watch the great baron von munchausen part but we're not officially but the listeners can and we might you know, ever since I was a kid, my specialty was kind of writing. I mean, that's what came naturally to me was, was words, you know, as meaningless as words can be. I kind of had fun with them, putting them together and 
and writing about things that, that maybe other people weren't writing about. There's a song on our new record called Under the Bridge, which is a salad, um, a ballad, if you will. And, uh, and that song came about because um, during the course of my life, uh, I was uh, what you might call a hardcore junkie for many years. And uh, during that point in my life, it was a very sad time. And, and, uh, Out we come then of that fantastic little section of the Funky Monks documentary where you'll notice John isn't telling his mum about that, that person with the massive doodah. Uh, no, he's not. Which is good, probably. He's keeping that to himself at this stage. He absolutely is. Out we come of that lovely bit of the Funky Monks documentary. And first of all, we have John talking to... And also, they're a church group, of course. Um, with John talking to his mum and her church group. And it's interesting to see that they're... What they're talking about is not... He says it's not the pitch that's the issue. No. So they're singing it in tune. Yes. The issue is the phrasing and the emphasis. Yes. So it's great to see John showing them what to do. Taking the lead on that, knowing what they, and in this particular clip, he is looking for, and demonstrating it very well. Well, it's interesting that, obviously, John was was taking the lead there. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, um, yeah, he knew what they wanted. It's It's perfectly natural that it would have been a more of a surprise had they just rocked up and nailed it first time. Yeah, yeah. You're going to need a little bit of guidance. You're going to need a bit of guidance. You're going to need a few takes. I really like... I think the filmmaking term for what happens there is a, is a J-cut. Right. Where it cuts from... The picture cuts from that scene of John and the recording of the outro mm. with... And then it changes to the swan driving down the street. Yeah. But it maintains John singing the backing vocals. Yeah. I think where you change the picture but keep the the sound... Or vice versa mm-hmm. is called a J cut. Yes, might be right, might be wrong, but whatever you liked it, I did. I loved it, I, and I love. Uh, yeah, I love that kind of thing. It, well, keep, it keeps you in. It keeps you in the feel of the previous scene. Yes. as you're moving as into you're the introducing. Next one. I think it, certainly in documentary films like this, it's invaluable because you can't just straight cut all the time no it works really well to transition between the bits so it's lovely and also it's lovely to hear john's voice and it's lovely as the picture goes away to still hear his voice absolutely as we transition to the swan to one of my favorite bits of of swan footage i think mm. it's he's so, looking it's so, very young very young but it's so beautifully earnest i mean i know we talk about the salad ballad bit a lot but it's so great when he says it's a sa- it's a salad, yes, and then just pauses, a ballad, yes. if you will, well, just like like he meant to call it a salad in the first place. Yes, yes, yes. I, I I can see where you're coming from. Equally, I can I can see that that may not be the first time he said that. What called it a salad? Yeah, <laughs> but why would you call under the bridge a salad? Well, you know what it's like when you're in life. You go through phases. Hmm. And he had obviously decided that he was going to refer to this ballad as a salad (laughs) and then clarify that it was, in fact, a ballad. (laughs) Now, I'll ask again. Is it because he says, if you will, that we on this... Because we don't say... In real life, we don't ever say, if you will, to each other. As soon as we're recording this podcast, we do. Is it the Swan's fault? It must be. Well, I don't think he can shoulder all the blame. (laughs) (laughs) But he might have to shoulder some of it. The majority of it. The majority of it. 
No, and it's a, it's a, as you say, a wonderfully earnest, brutally honest appraisal of yeah. how this song yeah, came yeah. about. Yeah. Um, it is a song born out of loneliness. Yeah. Um, drug abuse. Dark times. Dark, dark times. times. Dark yeah. times. But wonderfully done. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, what I like about that is, where, as he's explaining it, and as you will then go on to hear the song uh, throughout the rest of your life, it is the beauty that can come out of those dark moments mm. if you're channeling the energy in, in the right way. And he's so very eloquent as well, this one, when he's, when he's sat down you know, facing yes. a camera. I love... Love the fact that he says incomprehensible demoralization twice. Yes, he talks. He talks about uh, reaching levels of incomprehensible demoralization. And then he carries on speaking, and then he says, "And part of that incomprehensible <laughs> demoralization." It's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. I also like when he says, uh, "I was what you might call a hardcore junkie." Yes, for many years. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. He just pauses there. Just pause it to get. Right, he's probably thinking to himself, you know, do I want to, you know, how can I, yeah, how yeah, can yeah. I sugarcoat this? But then realizes there you is no way. Right. You can't, you can't sugarcoat that kind of thing. So he just decides to say it as it is. Uh, and then, as you say, eloquently talk about where that led him to, and and then a, a wonderful little anecdote about the song itself. Mm, which one? The trip to the bridge, yeah, under the bridge, yeah, downtown with, with Mario, uh, Mario, who we Mario, Mario, we shouldn't talk about too much, no, but in case we get got, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he sounds like a man who might get us got. What we'll say is we'll call him Super Mario, so that it sounds like we're talking about the computer character. Well, let's confuse him even further by referring to him, referring to him as Luigi. Okay, now I'm going to call him Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I think that distances us uh, far enough. Far enough. Yes, yeah, so we went to that. To that bridge with Sonic. <laughs> yes. And it was through Sonic's connections uh, that he was able to get access to it under the bridge. Downtown. And um, do what they wanted to do, which was to uh, use the particular drugs that they had just uh, main, uh, obtained. Maintained, yeah, if you will. Obtained. Well, obtained. It's difficult to talk when you, when you can't score tra- people by their well, real I was, names. I was trying to directly quote him because he said was to use those particular drugs. Yeah. And he talks about chemical dependency, so of course that puts you in mind of warped a few years later on. Yes. My tendency for the dependency is offending me. Yes, that's right. I like the parts where he's he sings through he sings through one lyrical phrase all the way through. And as he's as he's doing it under the bridge downtown, um that's where I drew some blood yeah. under the bridge. He gets a, he gets a he gets the he gets the lyric wrong. As he as he gets the last one, he realizes that it's taking an awfully long time. <laughs> so, so he speeds up the last one. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Uh, so just to finish that story and then of course he goes to sing yeah he uh, has to sing his way into the chorus yes, doesn't he which is yes, nice yes. but you will notice when he's doing the Under the Bridge downtown he mm. transposes two of the lines I think it's um, Drew some blood and yeah but that's fine I mean in later years he would completely forget all of them but so. it's nice to see that he's already doing it or at this point has he recorded the song exactly or did they was that the original order was the original order or has he just has he just done a classic swan it's easy to do when you're talking it through like that, though. Yeah. But I do like the way he, he goes into singing it. Yeah. Okay, what we're going to do now is... Talk so there's a, a, carry on. No, no, you please. Well, I just felt it was very important to say that, that there was a little bit of background info. Go on. Read the song. Which was? 
all of that. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Look, uh, and a lot of background noise. Uh, yeah. Oh my word. Where I can mean, we? <laughs> where should we record this? This interview. I'm trying to say salad. Where can we interview Anthony Kiedis about this? About a salad. Yeah, a ballad, if you will. I know where we should do it. Right next to the freeway. Freeway 101. Mm. A lovely clip, as you say, one of your favourites. Oh, I, I love I, I could watch that all day on a loop. Christ, <laughs> you really do like it. <laughs> you should have done that for Red Nose Day. Oh, I'm taking a day off work. Yeah, I went to a bath of beans. I'll, no. watch, I'll watch that clip watch. of the swan talking about salad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just that line. Can you imagine? Watching that for 24 oh, God, hours straight. Like it's torture. a salad. A, a ballad, if you will. will. Interspose. It's a salad. Inter, intercut with him saying, I was, uh, I was what you might call a no, hardcore no, junkie. No. Yeah, hardcore junkie. Um, incomprehensible demoralisation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we're not going to talk about the actual recorded, the, the recorded version of the song, but bass ambassador Aidan Hampson of the K&A podcast. Yes. And of wonderful uh, bass books, uh, transcription books. Tab books, if you will. He's a, a man of many, many talents. A man of such luxurious hair. Oh, of course. But he's a well of, of information. He really is. Which he, we even now draw on regularly. Well, I'm drawing on it right now. Okay. As Flea's playing progressed across the first... Hang on. Have you ever read anything before? <laughs> <laughs> As Flea's playing progressed across the Pepper's first five albums... There was a noticeable shift from bass pyrotechnics to wanting to support the melody and serve the song. Under the Bridge was arguably the band's first single where this was really evident. In fact, his first entry comes, he comes into the song about 50 seconds into it, where he only plays one note and then waits another whole verse before playing any more. Which, when you think about how Flea was playing the bass, pre- this isn't now me reading Adian. Adian. <laughs> Adian, this is me talking. Yes. When you think about Flea's history of playing the bass, yes. that's a really good point. He plays one note until a third of the way through the song. Yeah, no, I mean, that's taking, you know, sparse, sparse bass playing to, to, to the, the limit. The limit. Back to Aiden. The verse bass line is really simply... Bassline is really simply playing root notes of the chord and never straying from the kick drum. The chorus has more movement, presumably to give the song shape and a dynamic change from the verse. Here, Philippe provides a counter melody to Kiedis's, decorated with pentatonic fills and slides. Again, though, it's only ever supportive, and you can tell he's considered how this fits in with the band arrangement as a whole. I have to say, and this is me again, okay. that this is one of my favourite Flea bass lines for this song. Across these live versions that we're going to watch, when he locks in mm. to that line against mm. the swan with the guitar, with the drums, it's absolutely superb. Yes, yes. And actually, his relationship with John is, is such that on a song like this, he really does have to be solid and supportive because there are times when John isn't playing that much. So... They need to be. They need to be locked in, and he needs to be doing exactly the right thing. And it really is beautifully done. It's the last section of the song where Flea lets himself play more freely. The sequence starts with an A major to A minor shift, and of course that references the Swan when he changes the key. Mm. Yes, conceivably, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it could have done. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's not the part I was thinking of. There's something else about major or minor. Right. Yeah. And then the ocean liner. 
that's, that's a different song yeah, for an album many, many years later. <laughs> yeah, but he does say, you give me major, I give you minor. He does. Don't, don't say it away like an like ocean, an ocean liner. liner. He does, he does. <laughs> I mean, that's the only problem with, with when you come up with a line, which is, you give me major, I give you minor. Mm. What else could he have rhymed it's, it with? It's the age-old age old Fine, shiner. I'll punch you in the eye and give you a shiner. shiner. Um, I'll drink a lot of wine and you can call me a whiner. I'll I'll dig up some coal, just like a miner. Miner, yeah. Shiner, whiner, miner, finer. Yes, finer. Finer. Okay, we mustn't get bogged down in um, rewriting. Uh, I, I returned my library book late, hmm. but I'll pay the finer. Great. Back to Aiden on Under the Bridge, the bass part specifically. Sure. It's the last section of the song where Flea lets himself play, with, play more freely. The sequence starts with an A major to A minor shift. And playing a C, the minor third, on the minor chord really emphasises that harmonic shift. However, he could play more here but decides not to. It's essentially a four-bar riff with many of the fills doubling Frusciante's Hendrix-inspired rhythm part. I've played many RHCP songs live. This is Aidan, not me. Mm. And Under the Bridge has always been a favourite. We may not have the crazy slap of Get Up and Jump or the bass solo of Aeroplane, but the way the bass glues the harmony and rhythm together is incredibly satisfying. That's right. Yeah, great stuff. Thank you very much. And I've played a hell of a lot of Chili Peppers songs live, and I always used to look forward to Under the Bridge. I've sung a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers songs live, and I always look forward to Under the Bridge. So we're coming to some kind of consensus here. I think, I think um, were we to ever play live, it might be a song that we would all look forward to. I agree. And on that note, let's move forward to live in 1991. And can I just say before we do um, that... Um, uh, do you know what you want to say? Yes. Ocean Liner also rhymes with um, <laughs> oh, a, 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 something that isn't a word, uh, Gina, which Ooh. obviously yeah, opens, opens certain doors. Yeah. Does it? If you're looking for a rhyme. Ah, of course. Personally, I'd like to do something to rouse out, but because Lee doesn't have his bass, he could only play something slow, so... come sweatily out of the version of Under the Bridge on the World Rockumentary channel on YouTube at Music Machine LACA. Sam, I believe that's the Los Angeles, California, California IA. That's correct, Ben. I can uh, confirm that. On October the 7th, 1991. Here's, first of all, how great to see the band playing it in that era with John still... Yes. Still doing it. He starts a little bit shakily. Well, it's because the swan's nicking his tuvin. 
Yeah, well, true. And Tubman, for those who don't know, is uh, cigarettes. Cigarettes. Are we going to translate all these colloquialisms? Yes, and colloquialism, for those who don't know. Is a word for a local phrase or sentence. Yes, that's right. Well <laughs> and done. word, for those who aren't sure, yes. is a expression of speech or meaning. Well done. And meaning... <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, intended message of said verbalisation. Exactly. And verb- no, 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 we must... Let's not get bogged down in this whole verbalisation. We thing. certainly don't want to do that. Here's the first thing that jumps out. They're on the wrong side. Well, we don't like to point that out. Yeah, well, we do. Repeatedly. Now, this takes us back, of course, to the brook in Southampton before we had formed the Lukewarms. Yes. When we were watching a Chili's. We'd been to see the Chili's before. We'd been to see the real Chili's. But it, I think it was the first time I ever went to see a proper tribute act. I'd seen at the brook previously to that, I'd seen Green Day, GNR, and Queen. Okay, okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Oh, the Queen one especially was was great. Oh, I've t- seen Green Day as well. They're pretty good. What, live or at the Brook? Uh, They're called the Greenish Day. Yes. They? I almost went to see Green Day in Sydney. What what stopped this trip? I'm not sure. I think it was the price of the tickets in the end. Yeah, but we were, we were going to go. We were, we were keen. By the way, if anybody wants to buy from us, for, where are we trying to flog tickets for? Because yes. we bought... For reason or reasons unknown, not for reasons unknown. Exactly. We landed on that planet under company orders. We bought the wrong tickets under. Well, no, I bought the wrong tickets. Well, you, yeah, you made a, a, a call. I bottled it. You bottled it, and then I had to unbottle it. Tell me. So the result of said bottling is that we've got two general standing tickets. Good tickets. Great tickets uh, for Manchester. If you're interested, we're not looking to make any money. No, no, you can have them face. Face value. FV. Uh, plus P and P, but there's nothing to P and P. Well, there is two. Oh, no, because it's all on, we on the lines. We haven't them yet. But we can sell you these tickets for, for, uh, for the asking price of face value. So if you're looking for Manchester tickets, please do. If you know anyone who might be looking for Manchester tickets. Please, for the love of God, please. ask them. Because I really if screwed If I don't up. sell them soon like this, I'm going to have to do some, some serious work. And you'll get a, we'll send you a badge. Oh, Christ, we'll send you a badge, free of charge. Boom. That should do it. I'm sure. I hope so. <laughs> Something's got to give. No. At the brook, the the John person and the flea person were still on the wrong side of the stage. Famously. We spent a lot of time... By this point, we were quite deep in, I would say. I, I was conceivably eight pints, nine pints in. Oh, I'm not sure I was that deep, but I was passionate about the fact that they were on the wrong side. You were, and we let them know about it. We did. And coming out of that, we said, that was all right, but... We could probably do that. It gave us well. the idea, didn't it? Yeah. It gave us the, and it gives you a level of what's, expectation. What's to be expected, yeah, yeah or what has especially, to be surpassed, especially at the Brook. For those who don't live in Southampton, in the, in the UK, mm. but in England, the south of England specifically, it's one of the bigger. It's one of the premier, yeah, music venues, live music town. venues. Yeah, it's it's a it's a superb place to go and it's watch live flaming music. loud. I mean, if you, I mean, it's it's ball bustingly loud. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's not safe. No, it's dr- ear drum bustingly loud. Yes. When I watched Queen, I stood by one of the speakers by the side of the stage for a bit. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. But anyway, really good to go. Oh, it's a good venue. They gave really good tribute acts on, hmm. and and original people as well. They had Al Stewart there. Yes, I've seen. Um, I didn't see him. This is why I can't remember his name. Oh, fine. But I knew he played there. And I was going. Oh, play. Stephen Segal. <laughs> Stephen Segal played there. Uh, no, a famous bluegrass performer. Okay. 
Well, if you can name it, I can't name a famous bluegrass. Performer. I'm not if he, not even sure if he's bluegrass, but he's called something Steve. Steve. Oh, C16. C16. Yeah. Okay. Is he is he bluegrass? I would say no. He just plays the guitar with two strings, doesn't he? Or whatever. I didn't. This isn't I mean, the C16 podcast. I isn't didn't it? see him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, he didn't go. No, I didn't go. But I knew some people who did go. So but, I was going to. But I was going to jump. That falls into the two percent of the lies. <laughs> it does. I did go to that gig actually. You didn't. No, that falls into two percent as well. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Might so, as well jump on board. Back in 1991, <laughs> not only did I go, I backstage passes. <laughs> I felt seasick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say this. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate oranges are available from Robinson's. Yes, they are. The sweaty swan. Oh, yeah. Bull-like in his power. What Extremely a physical bad. presence! What a physical presence! Not afraid. Yes, not about not afraid to show it off, but also not afraid, like you say, to have two deep tokes on that cigarette just before he starts singing. Uh, and if I was, and nice to see John in John's funky monk, funky monk's era look. Yes, yes, indeed. I mean, they were all smoking. Yeah, Flea was smoking. Chad, I, I, I don't mind it when musicians do this. He's showboating. Yeah, yeah. Stepping away, yeah, yeah, yeah. stepping away from the drum kit, having a quick smoke, uh, just because he's got, you know, he's got, he knows he's got time. He doesn't need to do that. No, and actually, he needs to be back at the kit in about 10 seconds. Yeah. No, I'm just going to have a pip, so... Sure. But as you say, the swan, bull-like, delivering, you know, these heartfelt looks, but still using that double-fisted approach. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Delivering very well. Delivering okay, delivering okay, that's for sure. I think I've put down, he's 80% okay on this performance. That's not bad. That, uh, uh, but having re-listened to it, I think I'm being slightly generous. No, no, I think 80's fine. Might give him 75? No, I think 80. It was given. You can't, you can't retract it. Okay, but what I will say is, given that it's relatively new to this one to perform this in front of an audience... Who give- obviously know it, by the way. You don't, you, you. Dosed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We could go on. But do they? Because there's no huge reaction. There's no huge reaction, but there is enough of a reaction to suggest that they do know it. So It's a uh, small venue. Th- th- this is October the 7th. The album was released on September the 24th. Yeah. So this is presumably pre-internet leaks. Oh, yes. So this, the album's only been out for a couple of weeks, max. It wasn't released as a single until March 1992. The so it's not going to have hit the, the, the major airwaves. No, but I think there's certainly enough there to suggest that people gave it a, a bit of a cheer. Certainly later on, we're going to see people reacting more strongly to that intro. Oh, yeah, for sure. What else do we think about this particular performance? I think John's tone... I mean, I'll ask you a question and I'll answer it myself. Don't, please do. I think John's tone here, his guitar tone, is a little bit harsh. Right, okay. It's it's not miles off. No. But it, it it pushes the the limits of how I would want to hear that guitar sound playing that particular song. Mm. Well there might be an element of of him already feeling a little bit disillusioned. Well we'll we'll not know about this. We're gonna watch one in a minute where he he clearly is disillusioned. Oh Christ, yeah. The disillusion performance. Absolutely. You use your disillusion one. And of course, the, there's, a, there's a version in France. Well, maybe this was thing, which is use your disillusion one. No, no, no. Saturday Night Live is used disillusion one, and the, the version in France is use your disillusion, disillusion two. two. 
No. So good fun. We've I, stretched it as far as we can. I love the way that um, there's one. There's a, one point in the thing. Let's see if I put a, a code for it, a time code. But they just sway together. Mm. Yeah, between chorus one and uh, verse two, it's great to see the lads sway together at two twenty-five time check. They all just kind of go to a bit to the side and then back up unconsciously together. Well, it doesn't surprise me though because this is the kind of song, particularly looking at the instrument instrumentalists. Um, where they are going to be locked right in. Chad is anchoring the whole thing to a level that, you know, we expect from him. Absolutely. The Chad the Chad, level. The Chad level, which is extremely high. Yeah, it is. Flea, you know, again, is... is he's in, You can see he's enjoying it. We all know, you know, Flea's moves, and, and here we see a textbook, textbook move, but those three are locked in. And I think it's that it's that basis which gives the Swan his confidence because he delivers he delivers well, but he also delivers with a little bit of variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he puts a lot. Of, As he, he, grows he puts into some it. grit into his voice. Yeah, on chorus one he does. On chorus two, certainly. Yeah. Um, he on I don't ever want to feel. He really covers that in grit. But that yeah he does, and it doesn't surprise me because this is a song which started from a seed which he planted. Mm. So he's bound to, to love it, and he's bound to love performing it now. And you can see that in his confidence. Well, you can see at the end, he gives that, I think he gives a fish shake. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. As if to say, yeah, nailed it. This is us now. This is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. This is what we're capable of. This, is, this will briefly be us now. Yes. <laughs> this is it, yeah. This will briefly be us yeah, now. For the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can expect to see more of this in the, in, in the, the latter part of this, this yeah, decade. This, yeah, this century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Um, but for what it's worth, they, they seem to enjoy this one. They certainly do. In, uh, what I don't like so much, and what is taken away from the performances later on... Oh, gosh. Is... That's, of course, the, the prequel to give it away. Well, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> uh, is John sings not only Under the Bridge Downtown, but also the interim, Swan's mm. interim lines. Seeing that, yeah. And actually, I think it gives it too much. It, I like it when John sings it, the Swan then, then sings it. Yes. But I, I wonder, um, I, I saw that the first time I watched it, and I wonder whether that was something that the Swan had maybe asked for because he just it gives him that... Level bit, of, of, of comfort, yeah, yeah, knowing that no matter what happens, and in fact, he's way, way less likely to misdeliver that if he's if he's singing with John. I think it might be a holdover from we've just watched that section on Funky Monks where John is orchestrating the backing vocals, yeah, and in his demonstration, he sings the whole thing. Well, that's the other alternative is it's just John doing that because that's what he did at that time, yeah, but I think it. I think it's better with the variation of uh, the backing vocal and then the swan delivering those interim lines. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it detracted too much there, though, because John's, John's um, vocal sound was a bit too low for me. I'd have preferred for him to be... Because the swan was really loud and clear. John was almost lost for his parts, which is a bit of a shame, but did mean that when he did that extra bit, you couldn't really hear it that much. Okay. Well, I will say this, I could, and I didn't want him to do it. No, I didn't want him to do it, but I think he could have been higher in the mix sure, vocally sure, sure. for his parts. I like the way at the end of the song, at 4.49, 4 minutes 49 seconds, John stamps on the old distortion pedal and it makes it sound like a foghorn. Yes. Which obviously takes us back to the ocean liner. Yeah, of course. Or 
And we, we, but, we, but we won't. We won't go there. I no. feel bad about what I said earlier. We've checked that previous statement. What we'll do on that ocean liner is we'll... Shall we sail into the Saturday Night Live performance from the 22nd of February 1992? So this is some six months later? Five months later? It is about... I've written it down. It's about six months later, about five months later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and the... Unfortunately, the deterioration is is clear. Yeah, and you you, you do understand the format that we we're going to go and listen to it before we talk about it. I do, but I just had to say that. Okay, and I just need to say this: it's bad chocolate oranges. <laughs> <laughs> Come screamingly out of Red Hot Chili Peppers playing Under the Bridge live on Saturday Night Live on the 22nd of February 1992. I what? was 12. You were 12. So that would have placed me at approximately 15. I was, in fact, 11. Six, right. <laughs> okay, fine. But you are a true man of the 90s, as we always agree. Oh, certainly, yes. I mean, you spent... You spent too long in the 80s to be a man of the 90s. No, 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 I completely disagree. To say I was at the height of my powers in the 90s wouldn't be quite true. No. Because I'm only now pre- approaching the peak of my powers. The peak of your powers. And, and I must say, what, what powers they are. And what a peak. The peak is incredible. It's like uh, the finest cream. Mm, it certainly is. Hang on, I've got something to say. A mouth. Berlin, <laughs> just some cream. What is it? A mouse fell into some. Yes, a mouse, a mouse fell into a bucket of cream. Oh, a mouse fell into a bucket of milk. Oh yes, yeah. That's and everyone. That's my Christopher Walken, as we know, and it's uncanny. It certainly is. A mouse fell in. I, I can't do it anymore. Well, anymore. <laughs> it's debatable. It's debatable. I it in the first place. Amazingly, this performance of Under the Bridge is only about five months later after the last version. Mm. I mean. John got sick of this stuff very quickly. He did, man. As I always say, uh, sometimes. Before you, go any, <laughs> before you go any further, you just reverse your cap, but your label is poking out, and I can't, right. take, I can't take you Fine. seriously. This shit gets, this shit's getting old, yeah, he, he would exactly. have been saying. Or in fact, he would have said, this shit's gotten old. Yeah, he would have, because he's an American. I want out. And okay. I want out now. And until you let me out, I'm going to I'm going to Constantly semi-sabotage. Sabotage. Yeah. Now, the sabotage... I mean, let, let's talk about this infamous performance. Mm. I don't want to be infamous. I want to be... I want to be famous. famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's both famous and, and infamous. And infamous. But I actually think he... he, he's, he his, his, the, the target of his sabotage seems to be... More so than any other band member, the Swan. Now, whether or not that's the case, I don't know for sure. But I think the Swan does a pretty good job. I'll tell you what, the Swan comes out of here with 
absolutely flying colours. Yes. I'll quote from this one. Keeler said, it felt like I was getting stabbed in the back and hung out to dry in front of all of America whilst John was off in, the cor- off in a corner in the shadow playing some distant out-of-tune experiment. There's a couple of things to say about that. Yeah. First of all, what John's doing doesn't cover anyone in glory. But the Swan comes out of this extremely well. I think his performance is really, really good. Yeah. Not, not only given the circumstances in which he's been asked to do it, no. but just generally, yeah. it's one of his good deliveries. Yeah, it's very, very good. There are only a couple of times in the first um, verse and chorus where I think he is affected by it, really. If anything, I think it focuses him. Now, I think his voice is rich and full on that first verse. He knows what he's doing. They've done it a thousand times. Or not, no, not at this point they haven't. No, but they've done it a lot. Yes, I mean, fine. you don't get to this point. Give me a figure. Lower than a thousand. Yeah. They've done it 600 times. Too much. 400. Too much. 170. A little bit lower. 138. Too much, but, but we must stop this. Okay, well, they've, done, they, they've performed this song... A number of times. Quite a lot. An unknown number of times. Yeah, probably more than 76. I mean, we could go on our HCP Live archive... Recommend that website, everyone. Fantastic website. We could count the count them. We could. That would we mean won't. that we, we, we would reach the point where we may be spouting fact. Hmm. And uh, we certainly don't want to we throw don't into that, go that territory. <laughs> no. They've done yeah. it quite a lot. They've done it a lot. The Swan is confident. And it's his confidence and his ability and his confidence in that ability that carries him through here. Also, the Swan said there it was a, a dissonant, out-of-tune whatever actually it's not as dissonant and out of tune as you often will remember it exactly the intro is the intro for one is half the length whether that's a tv choice yeah it may well be well it starts off very slow as well yeah i mean it's desperately slow and that really exposes this one yeah it does and he handles that magnificently yes but there's a thing that happens as john is uh, as john's transitioning from the intro to the verse part where the swan's going to come in. Yeah. He points to the swan. Yeah. Now, this is either saying, I meant to play this twice, you know, the proper length. Yeah, yeah. And I'm stitching you up and I'm throwing it over to you when you don't expect it. Or it's him being helpful, saying, remember it's half length for TV purposes. Yeah. So it's difficult to know what's happening there. Yes. Yes, it is. Because if he was completely trying to stitch him up, he wouldn't have pointed at him. No, he wouldn't have given him that heads that up. That signal. Well, and it is, it's a funny intro. <laughs> well, the whole thing's... Before, he, before John points at the swan, he plays a very strange high chord, mm. which if you are trying to stitch somebody up who's not... Compl- I mean, you just said the swan's really confident about singing the song. I don't think the swan is confident about singing the song live on TV at this stage. Well, I'll tell you what, if he wasn't, he should have been. But John plays a very strange chord, and then the swan's expected to come in on pitch on that next phrase. Yeah. And it's a, it's a funny mix. Yes, it is. But what the swan manages to do is stick to the job in hand. He, he knows what he is supposed to sound like. And that's, that's, the, that's the key to him getting through this. He's not, in the end, he's not really thinking about anything other than delivering his line 
as he should. Yeah, it's like you're at work. You're going to be at work here for about five and a half minutes. Yeah. So just really focus. Just and, and do he it does. and make it sound like it should. And he does. He does it. He does it. He yes, gets he does. through tremendously well. Yes, he does. He gets through. He gets through great. Just when you think John's going to settle down. Yeah. At one twenty-eight on verse two, he throws in a lick that really slows down the the perceived tempo. Yeah. Even slower than it was, and the Swan maintains and gets through it. Probably thanks to Chad because Chad's in at that point. Yeah. But even though Chad's in on the hi hat and the and the rim shots, what John does really seems to pull the tempo down yeah. even further. Yeah. And the Swan still keeps going. Had John done that on verse one with no drums, the Swan could have been in in, in real d- trouble. Serious trouble. Yeah. Exactly. Well, once once Chad comes in. Uh, Chad's, Chad, Chad is a huge help. He's a huge help. And actually, hats off to all of them, because at no point do, do they really show any concern. Uh, um, no. I mean, we'll get to the point at the end of the song where, where the swan... We'll, we'll get there. Chorus one, though, as um, Flea comes in as well, must yeah. have been absolute manner from heaven for the swan. Oh, yeah. So he's got something to really lock into. Exactly, exactly. And it, it stops John, you know, to, to a certain extent. It does, limit, it does to, limit what John can do there because yeah. he's lost control of the tempo. But at that point then, he starts, you know, later on, he really ups the ante. Well, well we won't get there yet because at 1.49, mid-chorus, there's a really cool little kind of dropping two-note lick that he plays. Just drops two notes. Yeah, It's not the song, but it works. a lot of what John is doing here isn't under the bridge, but actually, yeah, still sounds. You think, oh, he still he still largely operates within the within the framework. He operates within the parameters. There's like for two oh nine and two sixteen as they're moving into verse three through he through that part where it's just instruments again. Yeah, so he plays lovely little bendy fill from from John at two oh nine. Another little fill at two sixteen into verse three, and you think, well. We're going to talk about uh, Josh later on. And he does that. Yeah. He throws in these little fills. They sound fantastic. And it's... Josh has a full understanding of the song. John obviously has a full understanding of the song and knows that even when he's... We've played it over a hundred times. Well, well we, you, you claim over a thousand. <laughs> well, no, I've, I've scaled that back somewhat now. Yes, you have, yeah. But you can do that kind of thing. I mean, it's easy to truly fuck up a song. But yeah. to fuck it up... While still making it recognisably that exactly, song exactly. is is somewhat of a skill, I would say. Yeah, it, 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 I would I would agree with you because he doesn't go full bore. He can't. I mean, he could have. He could have. Yeah. He could have. Then it really would be infamous. We could just play it all fullness. He could, he have, could have played stopped. another song. Yeah. In fact, he does. To my ear, he does start playing another song at the end. We'll get there. We'll get there, of course. So the Swan's feeling it on chorus two. He's coming and giving it a bit more grit. On the I don't want ever, I don't ever. He sings sounding again, a bit like Louis Armstrong. A bit like Louis. Yeah. <laughs> we won't unleash. I see trees green. Oh, you've gone for it. Yeah. There is a tree. I can't get the grit in. I see trees green. Lovely. Hang on. I'll go knock to a The problem is, it's very painful. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, it's going on all right. Yes. We're doing chorus two, and then we get to that famous ending. 
Josh in that in that bridge section from chorus to outro it stamps on that distortion pedal. Is it Boss DS2 at the time? Conceivably. You said Josh, did you mean Joe? Yeah, absolutely. I will not paint Josh with this sabotageal brush. No, sabotorial. Sabotorial. Well done. Well done. What did I say? Sabotorial. <laughs> something like that. So he and actually, I don't mind it too much. No, it really well, ramps it up. Yeah, it ramps it up again. And, it's not, and some. it gets no, it's not, but it gets the other band members well, going. Well, the Swan starts going. Look at the hair flying. Flea starts going as well. And this is the first time you clearly see Flea wearing some kind of bag on his head. Flea's rocked up wearing some kind of Mexican wrestling. Got, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what he's done. Uh, fair play to him. You know, he's not he's not looking for uh, facial fame. So uh, he's or at, sight. <laughs> well, no, I think he's got holes in it. Hmm. It's a mask. I think it is a mask. Rather than a back. Rather than a back. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's covered his face up. St- I mean, I-, I would argue that that is definitely Flea. Yeah, so like, you can tell by the body movements. Yeah. Or maybe and, they... And the tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he's and in the way, the and way he plays on the yeah. bridge. What do you make of JF screaming? To me, he, he, he tries throughout the ante with that, with that guitar work. With the what t- the distortion pedal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. And then this, for me, is where it where it moves into unacceptable. I, I thought the introduction was unacceptable. The, the you know the, the main guitar line in. True. Yes, but but, 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 again, but you're right. I think this this takes it to another level. This takes it to I'm blatantly disregarding the song and my bandmates by doing this. Yeah. Okay. It's difficult because I think the real point where he's going to stitch someone up and he's going to stitch the swan up yeah. is the point is where the it's just him and the swan. Yeah, I agree. Where there's every chance for the swan to fail there. And as we said, kudos to the swan for coming through that. But you're right, he is, he's taking it to well, the I think to, to, to the casual listener, this is the point where they might turn around and go, hang on, what the fuck? Yeah, WTF. Yeah. Um, whereas the rest of it is just about passable as possibly... Well, after this performance, sales of Blood Sugar Sex Magic rocketed. Yeah. I- I'll go further. Skyrocketed. Jesus Christ. Well, that it tends to be what rockets do. <laughs> <laughs> so. And as we come out of the, the screaming section, because he does a big scream, then yeah. a, the next one's quiet. Yeah, and then he does another big one. And then there's a couple of biggies. Yeah. I wonder, do you think he ever looks back on this? Only in as much as it was him and he was there. Yeah, and sometimes you do think about type that previous kind of thing, times yeah. in your life. Maybe things that you may, given another opportunity, might not. Who knows? Who knows? But that said, I don't think you know. We all know that he was in a bad place. Yeah, we all know that this wasn't John mentally well, physically well, and acting like this. Yeah, he was certainly certainly in a bad place. Um, uh, he's come back, and then left. And then come back. Fantastic. What I like is, what I think sounds really quite cool is, uh, as the swan, it goes into yeah, yeahs, he starts playing the guitar. That outro part, there's like some ringing, from, from four minutes basically. Yes. He plays something akin to the Oculus Light solo. Yes. With some like heavily controlled feedback, some of those slides which are really similar to the Oculus Light solo. Mm. And you're thinking, well, this sounds great, but you're just playing the wrong song. I think it, there, there, is, there is possibly a situation where 
unbeknownst to John, he was so good at this point. Yeah, he could uh, fuck it up. Unfortunately for him, it all sounded pretty good. Even when he was a saboteur, he couldn't <laughs> yeah. sabotage it. Yeah. Now, what I love... The sales of the album skyrocketed, which is exactly what he was trying to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> now, at 4.43, as the song ends, you get an, a look of anger. Now, I'd say you get a look of anger from the swan. There's a man with a black mask next to him. <laughs> yeah, That's possibly. Flea. Flea. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a man. I've never seen a man, a topless man, right. in silver gauntlets <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and big black gloves yes. look so angrily at a, a fellow called John Frusciante. Well, I've seen it before and, and I've just watched it then. But I would, you know, have, you having said that makes me want to watch it that point again. I love angry men. Mm. So this and I love silver gauntlet. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, shall we move Chad on? Chad just soaks it all up. Yeah, he's just cracking on, isn't he? He's having a beer, is he? Unknown from the steak. No, he was having a beer in the last one, mm. and he's at those drums. He'll eat those drums later. Well, he's had well, a, tomorrow morning. He's had a set. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow morning, he had a set very play. similar to that for breakfast <laughs> on the morning. He'll, he'll save that set for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. After the after the show, he says, "Lads, pack them up." Pop them in the pop them in the larder, ready for the, ready for the morning. Right. Uh, yeah, so so all in all, what we're saying is, it's infamous, but it's not that bad, and actually some aspects of it are pretty damn good. And I will say, we quite often give this one a load of shit. Here, who does an absolutely brilliant job yeah. of performing a song that is not his usual remit, still at this point. Yes exceptionally well on live TV I say fair play to him he was essentially lighting the rocket that would then with, with this performance sky rocket that would then sky from neighbours As we come confusingly out of Under the Bridge, live at Reading in 1994, August the 28th, we are watching the version on YouTube by Rings La NG94. Nah, I was going to call myself that on YouTube, but it's been, it's been taken. It's been taken, which is a shame. Oh, no, I was going to call myself Rings La NG77. Uh, sure. Of course. Because you are, you are a true man of born in the 70s. Well, like, but became a man of the 90s through osmosis. Through the natural ageing process. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's where I'm going to uh, say another big thank you to Aidan Hampson, who I have gone back and forth with on multiple occasions on WhatsApp, talking about uh, my new uh, famous... Other platforms are available. They are. What's up? Yeah, what's down? Under the app. <laughs> yeah, over the app. And the what, app over what, the years. WhatsApp over the years. Yeah. <laughs> This is, a, of, what, of course, our famous segment, which is called Dave Navarro Approximates Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers whilst playing Under the Bridge with, with the Red, Red Hot, Hot Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. They don't seem to mind. <laughs> what the fuck is... Fle- Why is Flea not talking to him about this stuff? 
Maybe, yes. Maybe Dave said, look, I want to put my own stamp on it by playing it wrong. Well, that's funny, because in Back and Forth on uh, Under the App on, with Aidan, <laughs> yeah. he suggested that. It's unacceptable. Yes. Now, the... Well, unfortunately, it was, it, at that time, it was wholly acceptable. <sighs> it's either that or Dave saying, ain't playing it, man. Yeah, but... Ain't playing it. Oh, that's a great Dave. Is that Dave Navarro just popped in? G'day. Okay, hello, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, uh, when you were playing with the Red Hot Chili Peppers back in the early 90s? 95? Ni- well, 94, 95, 96. And then, then you did the album One Old Man. That's right. Why, when you were playing the Red 1994, it's about era, did you play Under the Bridge so wrong? I wanted to put my own stamp on it, man. You want to put your own stamp on it? That's right. I said, unless I can put my own stamp on it, I ain't playing it, man. You've changed accents, Dave. I ain't playing it. <laughs> You come from a South Australia? Yes. <laughs> uh, so here's what happens. On the verses, yeah. Dave plays the intro fine. He bums a couple of notes. Forgivable. Forgivable. That could I'll tell you why I'll forgive him. Because you've got to. No, because he's got such a lovely bum. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. And also, he doesn't care whether you forgive him or not. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. I'll he'll ask him. G'day, like Dave. Can you just tell me, do you care if I forgive you or not? Of course I do, Ben. Okay, well, I do forgive you. Thank you, Ben. See, told you. Now, what happens on the verses, it's ridiculous, is yes. that he plays the wrong chord on the don't my city and gather. Yeah. Sometimes I, mean, I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend mm-hmm. is the city I live in, the city of angels. Okay, so can I point something out? Sometimes I feel like I don't yeah. have to play it correctly. Yeah, go on then. Sometimes I feel like my own man okay. is the city... No, the city I live in, the... City... Of options. Of options. <laughs> Lonely as I am... Together. I won't be. Fine. That, conceivably, that went through his head. It's difficult to tell. What he's doing is he's playing an E instead of the C-sharp minor. So he's chosen something that rhymes with the correct note. E and C sharp minor doesn't rhyme? E and C. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that where Flea got confused? No, <laughs> Flea's not confused. If only what he's he not was. doing is telling him what to do. Now, weirdly, at the uh, episode three of this podcast, we talked about Live at Madison Square Garden. We did, Ben. And he plays this right. Yeah, and it's eighteen months later, and maybe Flea at that point had a word. Maybe Flea I think he had still enough. plays the chorus wrong. He though. does, he does. I, I remember discussing this um, at length. Now this has been uh, broken down. Um, that was episode three, man. I know, man. That was a long time ago. I can remember doing the research from that. This is back in the day when I used to do research. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been early days. I know, but you can't read notes, can you, when you do a podcast? I can't read notes, and I and I can't really watch anything. No, pre. But I did. I was on the exercise bike watching Live at Madison Square Garden on Lenny. Oh, that old tablet. Yeah. Now, in the chorus, Dave turns the F sharp minor into an F sharp minor seven. So this is the first chord of the chorus. And what he does is he plays, and he does it on every time, every time time it turns around. Yeah. He's playing an F sharp minor seventh on a... it's a small voice, small voicing on the ninth fret. But that's the. I think that's the point, really. Here is that yes, okay, all of these things are are incorrect, but they don't to, to the to the average listener, especially at a live performance, 
people just aren't going to know. Maybe you're right. But to the to somebody who really loves this song, yeah, it's bonkers, yes. especially on the chorus because the first the, the first F sharp minor of the ver of the chorus, yeah. is a is played is played high. It's got a lot of treble. It's got a lot of yeah. top end to it. Yes, yes. What this does is it loses all top end. It adds the seventh. Yeah. And it's. I know this and one. It makes this it one. Sound, this one's blatant. Makes it sound like a big splat. Yeah. Of a chord. It does, but I still think that it would be in 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 the moment in the live arena. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a major problem. Even as a listener, maybe for you, but speaking for, for myself here. I don't think I would notice that sort of thing in in the live arena. Okay. But remember as well, I will be wanking here. So you, hang on, you what? I will be really drunk. Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. I, thought you said, I thought you said that word, but put ing on the end of it oh, instead yeah. of ed. Oh, I do like this, I do like this song. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so so I don't. I personally don't think that I would notice any. I was going to say, yeah, if they play under the bridge, it's going to be near the end of the concert. Well, now and you God, are going to be now. Now I know what I've got to do, and it's yeah, it's, it's going to be obscene. I'm going to be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, and we're going to meet up with listeners. I hope, this, gonna... I, hope I hope the meet is finished by that. Yeah. Point. <laughs> <laughs> Just for people who want to um, play this on the guitar, play the Navarro version. Yes. I'll just uh, say again, when you're playing the uh, verses, you'll play an E instead of the C-sharp minor on the verse chord progression. And you will play the F-sharp minor seventh as the first chord of the chorus. And as the progression turns around, you'll play it as the first chord every time. Yes. And the way you play that is you'll mute out your bottom E string. Mute that you'll play in the ninth... Uh, fret on the A, the seventh fret on the D, the ninth fret on the G, and then you'll mute out the mute out the B and the E string. That's how you'll do it. Yeah. But hopefully you won't. No, exactly. It, but you mustn't do that. But you can experiment like that. Yeah. That's if you fine. want, if you want to play it wrong, then play it that way. Yeah. Um, I, I hope I went through the strings correctly there. Every apple digs grow before the end is my way of remembering it, and I was looking at a badly drawn diagram that I put in a book. You must have done that whilst um, Semi- A, concentrating on the video itself, but mm. B, having imbibed several tubes of what can only be described as lager. I call it beautiful, beautiful curling. Yeah. And now, while we're talking about that beautiful nectar, ah, shall we yes. talk about our sponsors? Love to. You go first. Well, I am sponsored by a lovely gift from you from UK. Oh, yes, yes. It's an actual glass, and I'll prove it. That, that that's, is that's proof. proof. Proof of proof we needed. Little glass bottle of fruity boiled pips. Fruity fruit pips. Absolutely lovely, these are. And summer what does hard, it say summer on the bottle? It says, a gift from the Cornish sweet shop, Newquay. So that's a real sponsor, in as, in as much as it's a real shop. It's a real shop in Newquay. Yeah. I can confirm that much. Now, for your sponsors, we must say a big thank you to uh, Godfather of the podcast, Mr. Alex Redette. Yes. Who has sent over a lovely order of beer from Beerwolf. He has indeed. This is... Anyone can do this. It's anyone. not just limited to Alex. Anyone. Beerwolf delivers in the UK and it's available online. Yeah, you can live anywhere in the world. And anywhere. Send us beer. Literally anywhere. So, Sam, out of that box of Beerwolf beers, 
what are you well i currently, currently have two sponsors they contacted me uh, directly to say through alex the godfather through of the alex directly um, that uh, they would like to sponsor us this episode. I ran it past both you and all of the affiliate partners. I did the due diligence. Yes, you did. And uh, it was cleared, obviously. Yes. So it's with great pleasure that I announced that I am sponsored by Paulina, mm. which is a German heavy vice beer. Really? It's a, it's a vice beer. A Weizen. A Weizen. A Weizen. And uh, which I love. A I'll wheat just, beer. A think. wheat beer, if you will. Oh, so it's going to open it on air. I'll just do that. Yeah, he's turned upside down to release that lovely wheat, which we all... That just stops, that just releases the sediment. We all desperately want to know beer. I suppose we do, do we? Well, these beauties have only got three... Get your arm off that microphone cover. Ingredients. What is it? Water, hops and wheat? Something like that. But the, um, the, the laws under which these are brewed are, are very, very old. Right. So, here we go. Yeah, get, tell us about the mouthfeel, because... Okay, so I'm going to apply. I'm not going to put it in your lovely beer wolf glass that came. Oh yes, the, and thank you, Alex, for providing us with these beautiful glasses. So I'll just pour some in. I'm just doing that now. Here it goes. I'll just give that a swirl. What's the What's the bouquet like? Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so into the mouth it goes. Yeah, softer than average mouthfeel, I would say. Right. Um, Gibberish. Great overall flavours with a tremendous finish. Lovely, lovely. Very nice. Um, and I won't, I'll do the other one in a minute, because now that I've opened that, I just want to have that. Yeah, well, fair enough. You're going to drink one beer at a time. Well, I've got two open now. So. Right, he's a classic sponsorship deal boy. When you get sponsored, you've got to be honest, and you've got to be true to your word. Well, you have got that 2% leeway. Not when it comes to sponsorship. Really? They'll take you to court over less than a percent. And sue the bloody arse off you. Sue the living shit out of us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Neither of us can afford that. I'll be honest, in that case, when I review this car, bland. Yeah. (laughs) No, good. Oh, good. Well, you can be honest. Up to a point. Hmm. Of course. Now, let's just go through this, this Dave version. We've... Picked apart what he's doing wrong. Yeah, so let's leave that now. Yeah, so what, what is right about this? What's right about it is, first of all, he's giving it... He's, I think he's showing it a level of integrity, which I like, despite all of the obvious problems. Yes. Um, I, I don't think he's disrespecting the song. No, 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 no. I, well, I do. I do. <laughs> no, 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 yes. no, no, yes. He... He's a better musician. He's not disrespecting the song. He's a better though. musician at this point than to think that what he's playing is correct. It's really, really weird. And also, at this point, the tab book was available. If you're not sure how to play under the bridge, buy the tab book. You can shouldn't afford need, it. Shouldn't need the tab book. He's playing with the other band members. Well, yeah, but not with the guitarist. Okay, so but and, Flea and would know. Tab books aren't always correct, but I will tell you this: the BSSSM. Blood Sugar Sex Sex Magic yeah. tab book is yeah. a damn sight more accurate than what, his, what Dave's playing here. And also, on the outro, the three chords into the outro section, he plays wrong as well. Yeah, yes, he does. And that sticks out to me more than some of the other things you've said. Yeah, yeah. He plays three descending chords, whereas actually it's more, uh, there's more movement in the, the correct version. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I still, I don't think he's doing it from a point of disrespect. I don't know why he's doing it. But I, I think looking at him just on this performance, you know, based on this performance, he's, he's into it. Look, he's well into it. We've talked about, we haven't talked about Live at Reading, this version, which is why we picked it for this one. Yeah. We've talked about Live at Woodstock. He's not playing the other songs egregiously wrong. Why is he picked to do it on the one where it's going to be most notice- noticeable? Maybe that's the reason. And, I, and also, I will say, I think Dave Navarro is a super, was a, recorded a fantastic album with the Chilis. Yes. I think he did a great job live with the Chilis. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Okay, so maybe, maybe is, Aiden was on something then. Maybe he's, and you, you said putting your own stuff yeah, on but it may, Yeah, but maybe he's doing it to say, I've got to play these. And therefore, I will play them, but I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll throw a slight spanner in the work. What's odd though is when it goes into the second and third verses, when Chad comes in, and it's a more riff, instead of the single chord strums, yeah, it's it's that kind of bluesy riff-based approach. Mm. He plays that right. He plays the right chords. Look, we don't know why. We don't know why. No, but it, we are here to debate why. We are, Ben. We are, but we... Oh, so you've put your big noise carrot on. In, in conclusion, I'm saying that we, we speculation is all we can offer. Okay, well, we're not concluding this yet. No, 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 that's in conclusion. Oh, no, speculation is all we can offer. Is that your big noisy coat? No, this is my small noisy coat. Where's your quiet coat that you claimed you bought? I won't wear that with this cap. <laughs> I'm not going to wear a noisy coat. Oh, no, this is the quieter coat. Right, okay, fine. If I do this and make this sign at you... Yeah, yeah. It means That's fine. you're That's being too noisy. International sign for shut your coat up, be quiet. Now, verse two, there's a lot of rhythmic kind of slapping on the strings from Dave as well, which is not per accurate as. It's just another weird thing. Isn't God, it? I'd, I'd hate to have seen you in in '95. Yeah. How do you think the swan gets on here? I don't think it's well, as strong as what we saw on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> no, interestingly, <laughs> I, I agree with you. There's time there's there's obviously his use of the word lord which he he does now and again and obviously he does here he throws in lord instead of another word that he should have said lordy lord he at one point he delivers almost an almost an entirely wrong verse verse three uh which, hard to believe that my only friend yeah it's, and then he and then he delivers the entirety of verse one mm. so that's ridiculous but at least he keeps it going. But but standing there, you know, we've had this conversation, haven't we, with Dan and and other people. What would disappoint you the most? I imagine at this point, for many people, Under the Bridge is still a firm favourite. Yeah. And for the Swan to deliver a, a, an entirely wrong verse is going to be a, a, sh- a shock to people. I think it's time for the auto cue, as I said before, the Axel Rose auto cue. What now or then? Now then. Now and then. Then now. Yeah, well, then and now. Yeah. But that is that like a karaoke-style delivery system? No, when you see uh, Axel on the Use Illusion tours... Yeah. Well, yes, that is exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But does it have like the... <laughs> no, it doesn't the, have the bouncing ball. <laughs> not the bouncing ball, but even the colour-changing text. I don't think it had that for Axel's, because... No. Live at you Par- shouldn't need that. Live, but, but it's there. Why not have it if the tech is there? Live at Paris, 
uh, he has like TV. It's basically big old yeah, it's TVs, a karaoke, just minus the and it just it just crawl. just text scrolls up every time he goes past it. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Because I'll I, tell you who you don't see getting the words wrong in Paris in 1992. No, Axel Rose. No, and he never looks like he's he's not egregiously looking at them either. That's the second time I've used the word egregiously on this podcast. It is. He's absolutely belting around the stage like a lunatic. Well, I think it just gives you that that level of security. Yeah, that yeah. If you need them, it's there. The, the swan doesn't move. I mean, the swan moves around a lot, but he doesn't like run the He's, he's centre stage, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's centre left, centre right, centre. Hmm. Whereas that, they had those, you know, Slane, Slane Castle style runways that actually used to peg it down. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and the, swan, ramps. the swan never did. Yeah, well, that back back ramps. Yeah, I mean, Axel Rose would just run around. Yeah, all over the place in those big boots and those big socks. Big boots, big socks, small shorts, lumberjack shirt, <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah, big cap. Yeah, maybe that's where the swan saw the, the big cap. Maybe it is, but I I do agree with you that there is an option for him to have an also cue. He already kind of uses it because he's not shy about songs. He's not sure on. He has. Paper words, or words on paper. Yeah, what do you call them? paper words? <laughs> paper words. So maybe he will. Maybe he will. Will okay. that help him? Yes. Ma- to ma- point. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But you've still got to remember to look at the at the screen. I suppose yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you think you'll forget that? <laughs> it'll have to have another auto cue screen. <laughs> so look, at, look, at, look at the look screen. At screen. No, he'll put that. He'll do that as paper words. Look yeah. at screen. Look at screen on his monitor. And then he'll go. Uh, Is the city I live in? Paper look screen. at screen. <laughs> <laughs> paper words. <laughs> okay, so we get to the crux of the issue here. We've seen this on a couple of David Navarro performances of Under the Bridge. Yes. Oh, Dave Navarro era performances. Who's doing the backing vocals at the end? Who's doing oh, the Oh, God, I knew downtown? it would come to this. Now, we bounce back and forth. I've had discourse with Aidan about this. I've had discourse with various people. Me, mainly. <laughs> What's happening here is the, the three options that I've come up with, that, it, that it's a backing track and they're playing to a click. Yes. Now, that seems unlikely because of the... The difficulty of when, th- when do you drop the click in? Yeah. How do you make this happen? Now, I will quote uh, Aiden on this. He says, almost impossible. The intro is very rubato or rubato. Now, I looked that up on, uh, on the internet to find out what it meant. Good. And it means free in the presentation, literally Italian for stolen time. So it's the exp- it, it's, you can. It's, you can yeah, you can play the. You can play it at. It's unreliable. Well, if it's rubato or rubato, or a tomato, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was just a typo. <laughs> oh, Aiden, did you mean to say it's very tomato? <laughs> Unlikely, I'd say. Given oh, that, well, I looked he, up. I, if he had, I would have agreed. I looked up tomato on the internet. <laughs> And yes. It says often confused with vegetable as yeah. a vegetable. Yeah, exactly. Well, is in fact a fruit. So unreliable. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what we're saying is it's you, not, you can't set something to this. No. The other is option fine. is hidden backing singers, which they have used before. No, don't buy it. What about my my theory? Oh, is it that it's a triggered sample? 
Yes. <laughs> That's not your theory. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, talk me through it. Well, I wasn't going to necessarily call it a triggered sample, but I was going to call it a sample that was triggered by someone backstage. Right, okay. In time with the song. Because what is... Is that what you mean by a triggered sample? Roughly. Yeah. Because it sounds like every time it's delivered, Press it's it. exactly the same, the same delivery. Exactly. So you, you do it, and I'll use this lid as a button. Okay. Under the bridge downtown. Under the bridge downtown. Under the bridge downtown. Under the bridge downtown. Yeah. Or was it us? Hey, I. No, it's use of the beer lid to press that because listeners couldn't have seen that. That, that. that was it's. We've solved it. It's a triggered sample. Okay, yeah, potentially. I mean, I haven't watched the whole concert, so I don't know if there I'll is tell you who it isn't. Ah, well, let me let me <laughs> guess who it might not be. Rob Rule. No, it's not Stan Vavrinka's sister. Dave Navarro. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> which not is Dave. the presentation they give on stage. Yeah, I know, well, he doesn't ridiculous. buy into it. He, yeah, he doesn't give two f's. <laughs> Well, he does give one F. Oh, he gives one F, yeah. Because he starts doing it each time. And then, and then kind just, of just fades starts, off. Like, yeah, bollocks. What, not, my microphone's... Clear, I think it's clearly not me. I think his microphone is on mm. and he is singing it, mm. but he's so low in the mix. Because you can hear something coming from him. Yeah. Mainly the wrong It's course. a triggered sample. Okay. So, that's the, uh, that's the final decision. And, but how do we feel about that? That's, that's a separate issue. I understand it. I like to hear what I hear. And uh, and ultimately I think it's it's okay. It's it's not morally wrong. Do you know I just just watched your face go through a series of emotions. But is it morally wrong? No, I've concluded that it isn't morally. Fine, wrong. it's not morally wrong everyone. It's well, I'm okay. saying it's not, but do you think it is? Um did JF sign sign off on this? Triggered samples into the future. Yeah. Unknown. Just as, as he left that, as he, as he walked out of that gig in Japan. John. <laughs> can, we, can we trigger your voice <laughs> later on? I must just ask you to sign this waiver <laughs> concerning triggered samples. <laughs> now, another reason why I think it works is because when we were in, in Insidious, in the later periods of Insidious... The, Jez, la- the latter years. The latter years, if you will. Jez had a sampler on his uh, the strap of his bass guitar. A triggered sample. So like for Loaded, yes. he would then literally trigger samples whilst playing the bass guitar. So if he could do that in time, surely somebody backstage can press a button. Of course they can. They've got, they've got very, very talented pressers backstage. And this was about the same era that we were in later years, Insidious, and this was happening. So the technology was there. The tech was there and it was being used worldwide. Hmm. Well, well, literally in Reading and in Highs. <laughs> Actually, countrywide. <laughs> yeah, mainly mainly in, in the south. Yeah, the south of England, yeah. Yes. Um, it was certainly available in the south of England. When they, uh, did they do this elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. Weren't Wood, able to. Woodstock, yeah. Oh, they, they were? Yeah. So they bought the tech in the Yeah, they, Yeah, they, they paid for the rights to take it out of the south of England. Yes. Now, we didn't find an Eric Marshall under the bridge performance. If it's out there, please do send it over to us. I only did a quick YouTube search, if I'm completely honest. I, too, did a more in-depth YouTube search and was unable to find anything. 
Great. Okay, so next time we talk about this, we will move on to the John Frusciante return, and we're going to talk about Under the Bridge iTunes Originals. That's what it's called. Ah, yes, the Apple Sessions. Here we go. <laughs> it's hard to believe that there's nobody out there. Hard to believe that I'm all alone. At least I have heard of the city she loves me. Lonely as I am, together we cry. As we come gently cushioned in a guitar stand mm. <laughs> whilst being stroked by the lovely fingers of uh, Mr. John Frusciante. Oh, God. He's never stroked me physically, mm. but mentally he strokes me on many a times, basis. Many times. I think... I would... I, by the way, I should just say at this point, I would allow him to stroke me physically. Okay. As should, would I. should the opportunity ever arise. As would I. What we've done here is we've watched the iTunes original, we've watched the Orfeo Pomp full gig version, full performance version, because it's less streamy than uh, the, the, the just the single versions. Go in at 4.10, you'll see this. I think this is the best version of Under the Bridge that we've watched so far. Yes, I agree. And I agree for several reasons. The first reason, and I open up with a fairly broad stroke of the brush here. Go for it. Is that this was just a fantastic era. A fantastic moment in time. Okay, so this is what, stadium era? Yeah. Swan sounds fantastic. Swan sounds great and looks very good as well. Well, you've got the Swan and Flea rocking the non-shirt look. Mm -hmm. You've got John rocking an open. Yeah, but not fully committed. And Chad's gone to T-shirt. Yeah, but not boiler suit. No, just a T-shirt. Just a T-shirt for Chad. <laughs> Nothing else? Nothing. Well, who knows? We don't have to get to see, do we? Thank God he didn't stand up like he did in 91. I know. We might be like Michael Fish. What, Michael, the weatherman? Yes. He famously didn't wear trousers. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say he famously failed to predict the storm in 88. Well, that, that too was a famous... But in those days, it wasn't his fault. He was a weatherman. Yeah, he was just the delivery system. He, <laughs> he, he wasn't the one... I mean, he was, probably. He's a meteorologist. Yeah. But... But it, it, it wasn't just fish. Okay, look. Fish alone. If, the problem is when we talk about Michael Fish, specifically, <laughs> <laughs> only people of a certain age in a certain country yes. will know who he is. Well, put it this way, people. There was a big hurricane, a big storm in 89. 88, I think it was. 88. Okay, well, you know, I was young then. It blew our wall over. I think it might have been 89. Fine. Famously Three. unforecast by... Michael who, Fish. A man who shall remain nameless. Mm. But I don't blame him. No, good. Okay, so, John's intro, not flawless, but it's a hard intro to play on the acoustic guitar. But it's harder to play on the acoustic guitar than everything is. Go. I mean, if John can't do it, who can? Uh, Josh. The guitar mix is very strange. Uh, talk to me. 
it appears that the bass, the three thicker strings on the guitar, the bass strings, if you will, oh, are well. mixed to the right, and the treble strings are mixed to the left. I've never heard a guitar mixed this way before. Listen to it with headphones on, and it's really, really clear. Get those headphones. What, what's good, though, is it means that everything that's coming through the middle has a bit of context that's right. to it. it it's, it's really interesting, and it, I don't know how was, they did it. I, I obviously have no idea how they did it. <laughs> but what it gives, it gives us a certain amount of body and feeling to the song that, you know, this is acoustically driven mm. here. Mm. Flea's obviously bolstering it up with a... With a ba- you know, an electric bass. Well, he, he insists on playing the bass on this song. <laughs> yeah, but that acoustic line, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it, it's great. It's it's quite sparse, and I just think that spread, that spread just allows it to you know give body to the song, which otherwise may be lacking. It makes a difference because he's also playing sometimes a slightly simplified version of those main kind of Hendrixy bluesy kind of licks that he plays yeah. for the verses. That spread helps. What really stands out here for me is the punch that the flea bass line has in the chorus when it comes in. Yeah. Because it's not because it's against that acoustic guitar and it's right down the middle. It's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. It's very well you you're right actually and, and and that mix I just think is so clever. The swan in that mix is so dry and so immediate in the air. Yeah. It's I mean, he is out there. Yes. Yeah. But he's he's more than capable of carrying it off at this time. Lovely bass roll in on that first break where Flea is rolling up the volume. Oh, Al- yes. Always works nicely, that. And Chad immediately, well, almost when he goes into verse two, he immediately starts mixing up the, the hi-hat and, um, and rim shot patterns. Yeah. He's not staying stayed. No, no. He's, maybe he's, he's trying to fuck the swan up. <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night Live all over again. But the great thing here is, this is a band who are at the peak of their powers, and they're taking. I love, I love it when bands do this, or when bands have the opportunity to do this, because I think you you have to reach a certain level of success to be given the opportunity to come in and do these kinds of gigs, because they're normally short. Oh yeah, yeah. About, know, this was about forty-eight minutes, I think. Yeah. So this is about yeah yeah it's short it's it's condensed it has to contain you know a certain amount of hits there'll be I just find that bands are given the license to you've got you not necessarily you've got to play under the bridge but they you know they do play it but they're given the license to mix it up change it up and perform it in a way which is natural to them and and at that time. Look at John. Look at those backing vocals, those additional backing vocals that he does. We, we will talk about that, but I will take your segue. You said mix it up, change it up. Let's talk about Flea playing Under the Bridge live yeah. from, from the Aiden notes. Flea is not one to play anything the same twice, often changing fills and even entire bass lines to keep it interesting and to give the crowd more of a live experience. Despite having, despite having played Under the Bridge for over 30 years, he keeps large parts of the performance the same as the recording. He takes the opportunity to add a more melodic line over the E major 7th chord and improvises a little over the chorus. The E major 7th chord is that chord which halts up. So you'll see in this performance Flea just playing some high notes over that. Yeah. And just improving a little just bit. Just having that opportunity. Um, 
but doesn't uh, but not enough to suggest that he's really rethinking anything. The biggest change happens when Philippe plays live is in the outro when he's trying to up the energy. This becomes busier with more extravagant fills and further separation from the guitar part. He even drops the line down an octave on occasion, which really ups the ante. It's the connection with the guitar that really stands out to me, however, and the way that they join together on stage, particularly in the last few bars. Whether it's John, Dave or Josh, the track really becomes larger than its individual parts. Mm. Great notes. And great yeah, notes and, from and, a, a great man. And you'll see on this version a lot of flea improv towards the end. There's some great bits, like I love the high single notes at... Um, leading into chorus one. So that is that E major seventh chord at, at um, 5.32 mm. on the full... We, remember, we were watching the full the full gig. Um, the little slide up and down. It's the little bits that Flea does sometimes that make him one of the greatest bass players in the world. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. He... Yeah, those, those, those flourishes that just pop out, hit you in the face... Slap you upside the head? Would you, would you go as far as say that? I would, Ben. Oh, I completely agree with you. What I would take exception to here, and we have done before, is the camera work. Oh, God, there's, there's certain parts where <laughs> it goes... It's a disgrace. There's, there's a bit where it goes so 90s, where they keep... Cha- oh, they keep sorry, I was moaning about... The I just want to watch the band. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but what about the shots at the beginning where John's playing the intro and they're all standing around looking moody and like Chad's thinking he's got his head in his hand? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh God. The swan, oh yeah, I, I like that. The, swan's, the swan's got, got his, his hand, hand on his, his hip. Crevice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, his, you know, his fit. His fit. Yeah, his V. Do you mean his V? His V, yeah. Yeah, his Brad Pitt V. You can his, only get his that. His Brad Pitt Fight Club V. Yeah. Which yeah. I've still got. Oh, we've all got it. Hmm. But I've got it, but it's buried under several layers of uh, blubber now. Mine is buried under several layers of blubber, but blubber which I intend to remove. Mm, do you? Yes. Through an extraction process or a fitness program? Fitness. Lovely. Now, we say fitness. May I say this to you? Please do. The ending of this particular song. Oh. And by the ending, I mean the final verse. Mm. John's vocal harmonies. Man, I mean, this guy was very, very good. He <laughs> really was. And it still it's presumably still is. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Time will tell. But this, I mean, a lot of people who listen to this will, will have been Red Hot Chili Peppers fans in 2006, 2007. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. This kind of thing just just came out, you know regularly we we experience these new things like this i found that wonderful i found that we've listened to a lot of versions of under the bridge tonight but because i obviously i watched this version preparing for this episode every time yeah proprietary research every time it comes to well on every verse of every verse we've watched i've been singing that harmony in my head you right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've, got, we've got to watch Josh yet. That's fine. Are you going to manage? No, no. Yeah, I just had a bit of a yawn. Yeah. I've been in the UK all week. Yeah, I'm just getting over COVID. Yeah. Absolutely shattered. Bless him. But these harmonies are, abs- are just absolutely beautiful. And while oh, we're my. talking about how well John sings, it's the Under the Bridge Downtowns 
that come in at 7.44. Yeah. Those high soaring octaves. Yes. And he doesn't sing the Anthony line, which he did in 1991. He's a, he's a different man here. <laughs> he certainly is. Oh, my God. I mean... You know, I don't want to. I don't want to turn him into some kind of sex symbol. But he looks great. Oh, Danny Just, Danny Just. He's not that big lip John of the uh, blood sugar sex era. He's not. He's matured. He, he has. Like a cheese. Like a human. Like a wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's lovely. I'd love to. Would you enjoy this on a platter? A lovely ripe red wine. <laughs> what loose on a platter? <laughs> so I meant to say ripe cheese. <laughs> I had a platter of cheese last night. Yeah. Did you pour your wine on it? <laughs> no, and we had a we had a, um, a Cornwall blue. Yeah, which was uh, covered in honey and walnuts. Okay, and then two other cheeses, which were both lovely, and a lovely frusciante on the side. No, a lovely red wine mm. poured on. Poured on, on the um, platter. But the, the, we'd had a lovely meal, sunset at Fistral. It was gorgeous. I do love a bit of that, don't you? But the, the uh, waitress who'd been lovely all evening came over and said, oh, what was your favourite cheese? Mm. I had no idea what any of the cheeses were. <laughs> so and, of course, you couldn't point to them because you consumed them. I'd consumed them. So I, I, I went for just... I just had to say it was the blue cheese. Mm. That was the only one I was confident. That's fine. Yeah, she seemed to. Anna then went for the same option because hmm. we had no idea which. We knew which ones they what they were called, but we didn't know which ones were which. Lovely, lovely way to round off that chat about. And the rich. iTunes. We you brought on. it up. You're the one who. What <laughs> I said was was Would you like to have a cheese, a wine, and a John? Ah, you didn't say that. I did. On a platter. Yes. What form does the John take? It's just John. What, full size? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> He'd need quite a big board if he's going to be on the board. It's a maxi he board. He could deliver the board. No, he's on the board. Covered in wine. Covered in honey. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh. Imagine that. A young, no, a steady Marcadian era yeah. John Frusciante. A suitably mature John Frusciante. Delivered to your table, covered in honey. And walnuts. <laughs> Yours to devour. I probably wouldn't devour him. No. I'd probably wash him off if you take him <laughs> home. <laughs>
Thank you. As we come joshingly out of that wonderful performance of Under the Bridge, and I've given, uh, I've, that's a spoiler, people. I've already given the game away a little bit there. Have you? Why? I said wonderful. Ah, well, I mean, game-wise, yes, but that could, of course, be a, a red herring. It might be a lie. It might be in the 2%. <laughs> it could be a 2%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you make of that, Tone? I'm going to, on mic, push my stand away from me slightly. Fine. Is that the first time you've ever called me Tone on the podcast? Conceivably. It's an old nickname. I call you Tone quite a lot. You're, you're in my phone as Tone. Yes, but not necessarily. Hey, that as... sounds like a rap. You're in my phone as Tone. Your name on my phone is Tone. Tone on the phone, loan, known. Tone, phone, bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's basically how writing music happens, I think, for a lot of people. The swan, for sure. Specifically the swan. <laughs> Asian station. Lina, China. Oh, uh, no. Don't, why have you had to bring it back to the China? <laughs> We're trying to move away from that. What do you make of this performance on the bridge? <laughs> oh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think a lot of credit has to go to Joshua. The Klingmeister, the Hofmeister General. The Hofmeister General. He plays it with an integrity, which I think is admirable. He adds a lot. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, but it all, it's all so, you know, well considered and true to the original that I think it just is fantastic. That's the key. It's true to the original. What, he, what happens here is what's well, different from what we listen to with Dave. Davros. Josh completely understands this song. He does. And he is then able to interpret interpret it in his own way. Yeah. Throws in loads of great stuff, but it still sounds like it fits perfectly. It's sympathetic, if you will. Empathetic. Whatever. Now, (laughs) (laughs) what's your favourite version? For me... It's it's now coming down to these top two. Okay. Is it? Christ. Yes. Okay, and can we... Th- it's uh, not the 1991 version. No, no. It's okay. not the SNL version. No, understandably. It's not the Dave version. No. So so it's down to these two. Yeah. Can we throw in a predictive version? Yes. That we might receive in the summer? Yeah, sure. Okay, but we probably won't choose that because we don't know what it sounds like. Hard to, hard to really... That's a really vote for that. Let's talk through this then. So, immediately, 20 seconds, on the intro. Yeah. Josh is thrown in a little bend, where no bend exists, really. This is the understanding he has of the song, and how well he fitted in with the band. And this is, of course, this is uh, on February 12th, 2017. So, a little bit later in his career with the band. Yeah. He's not the Klinghoffer of that early stage where it all sounded too quiet. I mean, he's, he's never loud enough, particularly for me. Although this is fine. Yeah, no, this is fine. This is an advanced, what I will call an advanced Hofmeister General. Advanced Josh. Yeah, in the, in the Chili's period. He's superb. Yeah, it wasn't the, too long after this that he was unfortunately ousted. Hmm. By uh, a young John Fashante. Well, but we won't get... older John Fashante. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. The Swan... Josh sounds great throughout, I think. Yes, agreed. The Swan sounds fine. Pretty good. 
Yes. A couple of wobbles, but that's the latest one. Yeah, I mean, interesting, isn't it? You can see him almost preparing to start singing. Oh, he takes a deep breath at, at uh, timestamp, zero minutes, 22 seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, he wants to do this justice, and he's, he's no... But, but uh, he may have been bouncing around like a, a young... Fifty-five-year-old. <laughs> prior to this, and that's more than likely. So it might just be that he's gathering his his breath, mm. but he's certainly aware that he needs to step be, up to be the ready mark. for yeah. this. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And he and he hardly moves throughout. No, he's certainly a more stationary swan than than we used to. On the earlier periods. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. And and I wonder whether that's just an age thing. I think that's going to play a part in it, isn't it? He's bound to move less than he did 30, 40 years ago. Is it the waist of the moustache? <laughs> well, that's a, a fine question. And again, unfortunately, there's only one way to, to know the answer for sure. If you shaved it off, would he be bouncing around like a, a young He'd certainly have a rose. slightly lighter head. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it would only be a marginal gain. <laughs> so I'm not convinced it would, you know, sort of rewind his I'm physical clock by I'm 20 not, years. I'm not saying I'm completely correct, but I'm saying there is additional weight on that face. Well, I tell you what, I'm a man, who, and you are now. Are you saying that if I shave, shave my face clean of hair, the head's taking care of itself? <laughs> so <laughs> if I shave my face clean of hair, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll physically take me back 10 years could i gain 10 years of physical fitness i think you could if you if you took your whole body and, oh Christ, and yeah. your whole body was shorn of hair because i think you've got 10 years there on your body i i i, I weigh a certain amount mm. and a certain amount of that is hair weight mm. i mean you're a bear of man I, I am a bear of man i'm the bear from uh, the getaway ah are you on chad's yeah, oh god! I mean, that hair. was a hell of a gig. A blue bear. Yeah, come and lie, lie just behind Chad's bass drum. Mm. Don't move. And be blue. I did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it. It wasn't worth the money. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, no, you're still there. Well, a couple of things I like um, on that fir- coming out of first one on that E major seventh. Josh slightly rakes through those strings. Mm. And then trims it, and then gives it a bit of a trem wobble, like oh. Dave did on the Dave Navarro performance. Yeah, which is a, a nice bit of mirroring. But nothing Josh does takes away from it; all adds to, and it yeah. all feels as if it could be part of the original composition. Yeah, as as that song finished, I walked back to my chair. So walked was half a step. <laughs> <laughs> But I've got a lot going through the brain. All right, then. mate. I just can't afford a very big garage. <laughs> I went for a big walk. Yeah. Sometimes I say to the house ambassador, I'm just going for a walk. <laughs> Get up off the sofa, step away, then sit step back down. Back. <laughs> yeah. So you, you chill say, did you have a nice walk? <laughs> you trudged back to your seat. <laughs> I did. And thought, I pine for, some part of me pines for the Josh era. Yeah, well, I tell you, Ben, he would still be if if it, it they, they wouldn't have replaced him with anyone else apart from John. No, you're bloody right there, mate. You know, he he did a great job on those two albums. He uh, well, and of Better course, job on the first one. Uh, well, and of course, um, I'm beside you. Of course, two new Actually, songs. 
leaked this week. The best job on uh, the first album, the second best job on I'm Beside You, and the third best job on The Getaway. But you're quite right, two new songs, which we will talk about. Yes. Just not yet. Some great stuff from Josh. I'll just pick out a few bits. Uh, lovely lead work. I'm going to Flea. Lovely lead work at 126 from uh, Flea on the E major 7th, that kind of break chord. Really works well against the fact he goes very high that he's going to kick into that lower part, that rolling bass line. Yes. And then on the next one, he goes really aggressively on the low E. It's it's a tremendous, tremendous juxtaposition. Well, yes, and that's what he's capable of. And that's where he... He, you know, he can mix it up. Yeah. It just gives it that variation, you see. It's superb because normally what you think you'd do to build is start with the low, then go to the high. And a flea says, no, I'll do the opposite. I will go against the norm. Hmm. And, and it works. So what, what else do you like about this? Uh, the last three chords stand out to me. You know, we talk about those uh, chords that lead into the outro. Josh double times them much like he does on the acoustic guitar at Silver Lake. Mm. So instead of going, yeah. well, he is the master of the flamenco, the design. master of the supple or subtle rest. Yes, exactly. As we spoke about before, what I will say is. Under the bridge downtown. Ah, now, yes. If you want someone that isn't John Frusciante to sing that, you you want it to be Josh, because he he takes it and holds the notes, doesn't he? Yeah, and goes he comes back with up. Them. Yeah. Oh, it's, Under the bridge downtown. We're going to the socials. We springboard into socials. Here we are. This podcast is hosted at bentownsownmusic.net. Everything is available there for you to find and discover. If you'd like to be an ambassador, email into bentownsownmusic.com. Now that the Love Roller Coasters competition is wound up, and to reiterate that the wonderful Will Roney has won himself a set of university speaking Congratulations, Will. Congratulations. If anybody wants to buy said coasters, uh, please email in. They will cost $10.99. plus PMP. Classic. They um, are good, though. On Twitter, I am at universally RHCP. Tweet in on Insta, I am universally speaking RHCP underscore pod. I'm not on Insta. And that's all we need to say about that. Now, what shall we tunage out with for this episode? Will it be Under the Bridge? Will it be a different song? Who knows? Shall we find out in the next 30 seconds? Let's sing it, baby. Mellowship then. One, two, three, four. Bow, 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 Bam, 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 bam,